Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. The four best teams remain. Of this, we have no doubt. It is the Chiefs hosting the Bengals. And the 49ers visiting the Eagles, and it is four of us here today. Heath's back. Hooray! The whole gang back together again. What's up, Heath? Welcome back. How was your staycation? It was fantastic. Got some camping in, got some youth basketball in, watched a little bit of football. Wonderful. Is it really fun for you to play against youths? Uh, it would be so much fun. I actually do it pretty regularly, probably will tonight, because anytime we don't have an even number for a scrimmage, I get in there. Um... But he was coaching. It was a joke. What's that? Was, he was coaching. I was, was coaching this weekend. But no, joke. it is a lot of fun to play against the youth. Play against like <laughs> middle school kids. I swatted a kid off the wall last week. It was fantastic. <laughs> would they, how would I do against middle school kids? They would dominate you. I, that sounds <laughs> 100% <laughs> they would dominate you. All right. Well, what's going on, Jamie? How we doing? Doing great. All Can't right. Playing. Good weekend of football. Dave, uh, not really. Dave, you said that uh, divisional weekend is usually the best weekend of football of the year. It really wasn't this year. No, no, no. Uh, we we got let down a little bit. The closest thing that we had to a nail biter was the Cowboys 49ers game, and it yeah. wasn't even really a nail biter. So, fake divisional playoff weekend. Hopefully, the conference championships make up for it. Hopefully, the Super Bowl makes up for it. We've got a shot at some really exciting Super Bowl combinations. I, I would go back to Adam playing against kids in sports. I know he'd be terrible at the middle school basketball, but I think, like in Jamie's on Jamie's oldest baseball team, how would Adam do? Oh, uh, let's see. How old? His backup catcher. Nine, ten. Uh, ten to twelve. Um, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> he would probably. Can you hit a sixty mile an hour fastball? Yes. Yeah, I could do that. But no. not a curveball. A curveball, no. A 60-mile-an-hour fastball? Yeah, I can. From like no. 40, from like 45, 48 feet, oh. right? Yeah, it's not from, that's not from 90 feet. That's from, that's from 40 feet. <laughs> yes, if a 10- to 12-year-old can hit it, then I can hit it, okay? Give me a break. I'm All not, right, next time you're in Florida, my 10-year-old yeah. who's lefty, so you have a little bit of advantage. It's a lefty-righty matchup. My 10-year-old's okay. lefty. We'll pitch to you. I'm in for that. I, 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 I don't know. know. By the way, you're how tall? If five nine, let's just say round right, up. He's five, he's five round two, up. So. Round not, up. Not five. I'm nine. rounding up. We always round he's, up. He's five two, so he's almost your height. What is this decibel scoring? Come on. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's get into the show here. A couple of trivia questions for you. We'll talk about the news and notes, and I have a, an off-season question for each of the four eliminated teams. Trivia question number one. Of all the running backs with 80 or more carries, the top two in yards per carry were both rookies. Who were they? 80 or more carries for a running back. The top two in yards per carry were both rookies. Who were they? Kenneth Walker? No. Mm. Tyler Algier? No. No. Brees Hall? Yes. Uh, I want to say Pacheco. No, no. Does Travis Etienne count? No, no. Even though he, he should. So he yeah, played this weekend. Is. This past weekend. What about Isaiah Pacheco? No, no. Did someone just Jordan say Mason? James Cook. James Cook. Five point seven yards per carry. Brees Hall one. James Cook two. Uh, 
Khalil Herbert, three, J.K. Dobbins, four. Those are your, your top four in yards per carry, 80 or more carries. DeAndre Swift, five. All right, trivia question number two. You only have five seconds to think about this one. How many quarterbacks scored 20 or more fantasy points last weekend? You mean in the yeah, games this on Sunday? Weekend, I don't know. The, the, the most recent weekend, yes. Divisional round. One. Dave says one. 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 Heath? one sounds right. One sounds wrong. Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow. It was only mm. two. Burrow scored 24. Hurts scored 27. And Mahomes maybe got 20 in decimal. I don't have decimal scoring. He had you 19. You get the Chiefs TQB there? What's that? No. You get the Chiefs TQB there? <laughs> no, no, I don't get that. Uh, but it was a surprising, surprising uh, weekend. Not a lot of uh, big point production from the quarterbacks. All right, let's do a fantasy winner and a fantasy loser. Heath, we haven't heard fantasy talk from you lately, so why don't you go first? Give me a fantasy winner from the weekend. You always do such a good job of going to me first because you know I'm going to be prepared for these types of questions. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think the winner probably has to be Brock Purdy. Even though he didn't play well, even though he didn't score very many fantasy points, I don't know how he doesn't start week one. He just took the 49ers to the NFC Championship game in his rookie season. And so I'm going to say Brock Purdy. All right, Dave, fantasy winner. How about Isaiah Pacheco? But this time I mean it for real. <laughs> yeah. Dave, uh, robot is broken. He's stuck on that. <laughs> uh, he might be Kansas City's lead running back next year. Like, he, he's played well enough to earn at least consideration for it. Explosive, you know, maybe a little too herky-jerky in, in the way that he plays, maybe a little underrated as a pass catcher. Uh, I thought that in this playoff game, they'd get away from Pacheco. Important games. Usually, this is where Jared McKinnon shines. Uh-uh. Pacheco was their lead back. He had a good game, almost had 100 yards. I think he's going to increasingly gain steam as an RB, too, as we head into fantasy drafts. 12 carries, 95 yards for Pacheco, and they could activate MVS this week. We'll see what happens. You mean CEH? Yeah. yeah. Sorry LMNLP. about that. LMNOP. MVS actually has been active. It just hasn't been obvious it, for a lot of the season. That's true. Yeah. He did catch one a play on, on Saturday. He was activated. Pacheco's long run, I think that was on the Henny drive, right? I mean, that was yes. one of the yes. biggest plays yes. of the game. Huge play. Uh, Jamie, fantasy winner. I'll stay with the Chiefs and say Kadarius Tony. Uh, seven targets. He's still not playing a full time role. And, you know, I hope a full offseason and what he's capable of doing can only, you know, unlock what his potential is. Obviously, staying healthy is going to be a big part of that. But seven targets, five catches. You know, it's uh, a receiving core. We've talked about this quite a bit, you know, that we don't know exactly what's going to look like next season because Juju's a free agent. Nicole Hardman's a free agent. Uh, MVS, who knows if they're going to be, you know, uh, stick with him based on the contract and the lack of production. So, uh, Kadarius Tony, I think, could be a huge winner next year. Yeah, Tony's still playing about 30% of the snaps. Um, I'm going to give you this. the Giants gave him away. <laughs> I, I don't blame him. Um, no, you should. <laughs> well, I just don't think it was going to work for, for anyone there. You know, I think it's going to be good for, for Tony for sure. And uh, I think it was just they mm. needed, needed to move on. But he's, I'm still waiting for him to play the majority of snaps, though. He's playing about a third of the snaps. It was actually lower yeah, than that. Yeah, that's what's the great thing about it is what happens when he is. When he yeah. starts playing a, in a full-time yeah. role, sure, that'd be yeah, great. Yeah, if you're a targets per route run guy, Kadarius Tony oh, yeah, is looking a like a future star. He was he last had, year, He uh, had 20 snaps, six touches, seven targets, and a carry. That's 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 a lot. Be Put that on a 17-game base, 17-game pace. Where uh, you're Pacheco. playing every single snap, and he'll leave the league in touches. Um, it's not going to happen. All right. So how's? Let me give you a stat line. Tell me if this is a first round player. Seventeen game stat. One hundred and fourteen catches. One thousand four hundred sixty eight yards. Eleven touchdowns on one hundred and forty eight targets. Yes, that's a oh, yes. That's a top maybe a top eight player. Uh, that's CD Lamb in week seven through eighteen when Dak Prescott came back, and that doesn't even count two postseason games where he scored. Let's see, 16.8 and 21.7 fantasy points. He scored 16 or more fantasy points in 10 of 14 games with Dak, seven of his last eight. So, um, Sean Payne's going to love him. You think so? No. McCarthy's not going anywhere, right? He should. I don't I don't know that he did. I mean, look, if you can upgrade to Sean Payton, that's one thing, but I don't think you can put anything on Mike McCarthy, can you? No, I think Sean Payton's just got, like, he could get a handful of coaches fired with a phone call. Right. Right. All right, uh, fantasy losers. Jamie, why don't we start with you this time? 
Uh, fantasy loser. Um, let's go with let's go with Tony Pollard just because the injury. I, I hope he's fine. I really do. You know, going into free agency, you know, with a broken tibia, hopefully or fibula, uh, hopefully should be you know 100 percent by the start of training camp. But you know, that's could just put a, a a little bit of a damper on maybe the contract that he was going to get or hopefully will get. Uh, I would love to see him stay in Dallas. I know there's a talk of maybe, you know, franchise tag uh, for him. But let Zeke go. Let Pollard stay. But uh, just just seeing somebody get hurt as they're heading into free agency in their final game just always sucks for me. How close? How much did Pollard's injury remind you of Mahomes' injury? Like, they almost kind of – they didn't look exactly the same. Yeah. But, you know, leg getting bent around and all that uh, made me – it just – it made me marvel when I heard there was a fracture. I was like, dang, that wasn't a sprain just like – Mahomes had where you get bent around, you never know what you're going to get out of it. But I, I don't know if I'm, I think he's going to be a loser in terms of his free agent deals. Like, I wonder if this is going to cost him a little bit of money there, but he's still got potential to be a good fantasy running back. He can heal up from this and be ready to go for week one. Yeah, I, hope I hope so. I think the concern would be that he, because he's maybe he doesn't get one of the feature back contracts and oh, he ends up in a, a situation feature. similar yeah. to what he is this year. Hmm. Yeah, well, we'd love I, to see did, that. Did this prove and you know draft a guy? Did this prove that the Cowboys coaches are right about him? No, this is freak play. I think. I I hope. No, he was great down the stretch. He was he was much better last week than this week, but he didn't play against the 49ers. I think Dave week. was referring to that he can't handle the big workload. Right? No, that if, if if that's their answer, then they're idiots. Yeah. All right, and Dave, who's your fantasy loser? Let's go with Gabe Davis and how much a difference a year makes. Um, bad game, big spot for Buffalo. Couldn't come through. I took a look at his game log. Five of 17 games this year where he had more than 70 yards. Ten of 17 games where he was under 50 yards. He had eight touchdowns in seven games. And I wonder if this is just what he is. is like a big play guy. And those guys are typically number three receivers for their own NFL teams. That means that someone else might have to be the number two receiver for Buffalo. Going back to the winners, maybe Dawson Knox is a winner because he's been that number two option for Buffalo's passing game the last six weeks, something like that, where he was scoring every single week. And then and then on Sunday, he, he had five for 65. So I, I wonder if Gabe Davis is just going to be what he is and he never takes that next step to being a great NFL receiver slash fantasy receiver. Mm. Well, I mean, I was going to save it because I was going to ask about him later. But I mean, I, I can make the I can make a great case for. Well, I can make a fun Azer, case. Azer said it. Azer it's not, said it. I mean, it's it's Azer theories. It's just I can oh, make gosh. a very theoretical case where if you really want to believe in Gabe Davis, like, I'll make you believe in Gabe Davis. <laughs> uh, all right. Oh, so, you, it's not even it's not even that difficult. You just look at his pace before Josh Allen hurt his elbow. That's exactly what right. But you also, yeah. I think, can even be a little bit more lenient and understand some of his bad games. He was hurt. He missed week two. He got hurt in week one. He stunk in weeks three and four. I specifically remember the Pittsburgh game was on CBS and it was a Nance Romo game. And Romo said, this is the healthiest I've seen Gabe Davis since the beginning of the season. He went out in that game. He had 171 yards and two touchdowns. He got rolling a little bit here. And, you know, for the next four weeks, he and Josh Allen were healthy. And when Josh Allen had a good game, Gabe Davis had a good game. When Josh Allen had a bad game, Gabe Davis had a bad game, which is, by the way, what happened in the playoffs. And I don't think we saw really Josh Allen get healthy until week 18. But this is, again, this is just a theory. I don't know. But that's when he started throwing the ball downfield more. And Gabe Davis had 10 targets in week 18. He had a bad game. He had a, he had a great game in, against the Dolphins. And then every, like, I don't really hold this game against him. Because the, the Bills' bat, passing offense was really bad. Okay, no, you should have just stuck with the one that I offered. No, because that I'm was, I'm, I'm tying him to Allen's. I'm tying him to Allen's production. So basically, the the overarching theory is when Gabe Davis and Josh Allen are healthy, Gabe Davis is good when Josh Allen is good. That's that's basically what we've seen. So I think there's a more potential than what we saw this year. He finished as number twenty eight per game, twenty wide receiver per game in non PPR, number thirty eight per game in full PPR. I think he can be better than that. I mean, he like look, he is right. He's not going to be like a true. He's not going to be T. Higgins or something. But I think he can have more boom weeks next year, uh, health permitting. That's the art. It'll be a great value pick because he was overdrafted this year, and I think that's something that will help. I also think that 
they need to get something else from someone else. You know, Isaiah McKenzie just wasn't that guy. I'm hoping Khalil Shakir is that guy because he could be fun. Could and be. we saw some 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 moments from him. You know, you go back to a year ago, and, and maybe that's what Josh Allen was missing a little bit. You know, the Cole Beasley type of player. You know, someone to be you know more of a possession type of guy and help Stephon Diggs in that role. Uh, like Dave said, maybe you know Dawson Knox. He, he certainly performed well down down the end of the season, but still feels more touchdown dependent than that type of receiver. And so, you know, Shakir was was expected to maybe have a little bigger role. And when he's gotten opportunities, he performed. So he's somebody I'm excited about with, you know, late round pick next season. And my loser is Juju Smith-Schuster. He has 11 targets in his last four games and is being phased out. I don't, don't really understand why. Um, it's not like Tony's playing that much, as we said. But, okay, uh, Heath, I'm sorry. Did you give a loser? I don't think you did. I skipped No, you. I didn't. I was trying to decide between Trevor Lawrence and Daniel Jones. And I decided since you said Juju that I'm going to say Daniel Jones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, no. The Daniel Jones win is only that I think like if he had played well and they had lost his, his I think his contract numbers really got affected. Maybe his guarantees yesterday. I hope so. he did not look like someone who <laughs> could actually be a, a, a long term answer. Um, and But with Trevor Lawrence, I think it's really interesting because he had that what four or five game stretch early in the second half of the season where it looked like, oh, wow, he's turning into an elite fantasy quarterback. And then for a variety of reasons, and some of the excuses are valid and some are not, and Azer, I assume in July, is going to Azer stat why Trevor Lawrence no, I, is... I did it last week. Bad finish, doesn't shouldn't you shouldn't hold against him. Um, but I think it's a real question mark how you value him. I think he's got to be closer to QB 12 than he is to QB 6 entering next year. Ooh. Well, fine. So let's talk about the bad finish because the bad finish was the Jets game on Thursday night. I already azer I weather azered stat stat of that game, right? Terrible weather. Uh, the next week was Houston. He played like two and a half quarters and they ran all over Houston. The Tennessee game was legitimately a bad game, a surprisingly bad game against the great matchup. That was week 18. They went to the playoffs because of a pick six, basically. The Chargers game, I don't know how you view that one. He scored like 27 fantasy points, right? So it was a good it was game. the ultimate Bortles. <laughs> and then mm. the Chiefs game, yeah, was disappointing. <laughs> um, so that there's, I mean, there's an excuse for a lot of it, but for two of the games at least, for the Jets and the Texans game. So I don't know. We talked about that last week. It was like, yeah, he did so much. And he really didn't even have, you know, he didn't really have that good of a game, of a season, really. Um in fact, because I was looking it up for Christian Kirk. Believe it or not, Christian Kirk, the twenty, the 2020 Cardinals and the 2021 Cardinals threw for more yards per game than this Jaguars team. And I think they threw for more touchdowns than this Jaguars team. And one of those uh, teams played only 16 games. So it wasn't, it wasn't like a huge season for Lawrence Heath, to your point. No, I don't, not at all. Um, and it was easy at one point in the season to look at, okay, he struggled early in the year. This is basically his rookie year because Urban Meyer's terrible, and now he's figured it out. But it's hard to say that when you look at the way the last month and a half went. Anyone disagree? I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to judge him based on his fantasy points. I'm judging him based on the way that he looks, and he looks like a, a guy about to explode and <laughs> just be a star. So I'm I'm not concerned about him having a bad half against the Texans and a bad game in the weather against the Jets. And yes, the Chargers game in his first playoff game was a little bit disappointing, and then he rebounded and played well, and he had to go into Arrowhead. Now, I mean, like, what are we judging him on here? He's about to get Calvin Ridley. He's going to be another year in Doug Peterson's system. Uh, they're going to have to do some 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 tooling, retooling of the offensive line because Juwan Taylor is a, a free agent. We don't know Cam Robinson's status, so those are concerning things, you know. But if they bring Evan Ingram back and you tell me he's got Kirk, Ingram, Ridley, and Zay Jones with Travis Etienne and Doug Peterson, that, that's that's rocket chips. He's he's about to be a star. Okay. All right. In a division that stinks, too. Uh, we will take a quick break from that to tell you about Sportsline. All right, you got another week to get some great gambling advice in the NFL, but we got gambling advice for everything, so check it out on Sportsline. It's a combination of, of veteran expert gamblers who do a great job, and they're transparent about their records. So you can see who's hot, who's doing well in what sports and whatnot. Um, and like, like you know, if you just want to make some bucks and you wouldn't even think about some mid-major college basketball game or something on a Tuesday night, you know, Sportsline's got you covered for those types of things. And it's a combination of the, that type of advice plus computer simulation models that are really great as well. Um, there's DFS stuff. There's player props. It's a really cool website. So check it out, sportsline.com. Use the promo code TACKLE and get $0.99 cents for your first month. Oh, well, 
no, pay 99 cents for your first month. That's the offer. 99 cents for your first month on Sportsline. I believe it's 9.99 after that. It's a terrific value. Check it out. News and notes. Jalen Hurts uh, was not playing at 100%. I don't know how you guys felt. I felt like he was a little reluctant when he was running the ball. Mm-hmm. Yep. Little, yeah, so. Well, I mean, hopefully he becomes a little more reluctant in running the ball moving forward, too. Like that's something that all quarterbacks kind of have to. The running quarterbacks and, and Josh Allen's the one who's gotten away with not doing that. He still just runs to contact, but he's got to he's got to learn to do that a little bit better so he can stay healthy. They are so much better than every team. Every team is just they're incredible. In fact, if they had gone sixteen and one, like maybe they win both those games and win the Super Bowl, they're a legendary all time team. I, I think. I mean. They're so you think good. They're significantly better than the 49ers. Yeah. If they're healthy, yeah, I do. I, I just don't no, think Jalen Hurts is not healthy. I think they just beat up on a team that didn't belong. They did. Significantly better than the 49ers. A hundred percent. Well, the 49ers are very good. But what I don't is, know. I don't know if they're significantly better than the Bengals. Or what the are Chiefs with a half Patrick Mahomes. I mean, if no. you put the chief, if you put the Eagles defensive line against this Bengals offense without its off, they, they would they would disrupt the Bengals quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, what's They're their the weakness? They don't have a weakness. They don't have a single weakness. I, I guess we'll think. find out next two week, next two games. Yeah. Well, no, because that's the thing. Like Jalen Hurts is clearly not a hundred percent. So that's the best part of making this proclamation is if they lose. So if they lose to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl and Mahomes is limping through that game, what's your what's your uh, justification then? Uh, yeah, that, that wouldn't be good for me. Uh, um. No, I just th- I just think that they're so I just think they're so good. I they're overwhelmingly they're very good, good and they don't have a single weakness. Uh Patrick Mahomes high ankle sprain. Uh Aaron Rodgers, a trade for Aaron Rodgers is is a very realistic scenario according to Adam Schefter. Dave wants him to be the Giants quarterback next year. I've thought about that. Yeah. Could yeah. be a possible solution to their problems. Think about the teams in the league that are a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender. I think you can make the case for both New York teams, but certainly more the Jets and the Giants. But the Giants, they improved their defense a little bit more, and then they replaced Daniel Jones with Aaron Rodgers, and that offensive line's moving in the right direction. I'd still like them to get another receiver to go along with Rodgers, but they could be pretty good. I think they'd be one of the best teams in the NFC. I was thinking the Raiders if they can't get Brady. Yeah. Are they? But are they a quarterback away from... Being a Super Bowl contender, like I feel like the Giants are closer than the Raiders are, based on everyone else on the team. Other, than I, I would think a team that just made it to the division around the playoffs is closer. Um, so yes, but I think that any team viewing themselves as a trade partner for the Packers is going to view themselves as they're getting a two-time MVP in the last three years, and they're going to consider themselves Super Bowl contenders. And they'd have a great offense if they had Aaron Rodgers, um, but they're yeah, obviously their defense is, is a problem. <laughs> But, they know. would definitely have a, a great offense if they had Aaron Rodgers before this year. Yeah, he, right. He might be. I don't. We don't know. I mean, to, with Tom to be Brady, fair, yeah. though, it's really. To to be fair, uh, I, I think most people, understandably so, would have said that Brady's last couple of years in New England, he right. looked like he was done, right? And then got rejuvenated and, and won the Super Bowl and looked like That's an true. MVP. So he goes to a different place. You never know how that looks for him, but. It's not it's not a bad option if you can acquire Aaron Rodgers without giving up Russell Wilson type compensation and and make yourself in a in a in a good spot while not mortgaging your future. Speaking of Brady, all signs point to him leaving Tampa Bay. Uh, Ian Rappaport saying he's not expected to resign. Julian Edelman said it as well. That kind of hinted that he doesn't you know doesn't expect Brady back there. So if you were if you were an NFL team and you could sign one guy for one year, would you sign Rodgers or Brady? I would sign Rodgers. I would sign Rodgers too. The answer is Rodgers, but that's not the your question is not what the situation is. You've got to trade draft picks to get Rodgers. You can right. sign Brady and just give money. So right, if Rodgers was attractive, cut. yeah. If Rodgers was cut, and you're looking yeah. at both those guys, then it's easy. Then it's Rodgers, yeah, yeah. But in the current situation, I think Brady's the top priority. What do you guys think the compensation is going to be for Rodgers? It's definitely a first round pick. The Packers aren't letting him go for less than that, you know. So. It's it's a first and whatever else comes on top of it. Now it's it is it a Russell Wilson deal? Then you're stupid to try and make that trade for a guy mm-hmm. that's you know near the end of his career and who knows what 
the, the right. long-term future holds for him unless you're having a conversation with him and it's, yes, I'm in for five more years. You know, then you got to pay up. Because it's not just trading for him. You got to give him a new deal too. Well, I was thinking about that with the guy who's leaving the Raiders. What's the compensation for Derek Carr? To pay Derek Carr? No, no you got to give up the draft pick to trade to get for Derek, Derek Carr. Carr in the next couple of weeks. Well, otherwise he's getting cut, right? Yeah, he's going to get cut. Right, yeah, you have a chance. Assume someone would trade for him, but maybe not. It certainly wouldn't be a first round pick. Might not even be a day two pick. Well, I think because it, it, because he could just as easily get cut. When 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 the Raiders want to just take anything for him at this point, so they don't have to pay him. I think he has a no trade clause too. Yeah, he does. So they can't just take anything from anybody. It has to be his. But yeah, they want to get rid of him. It seems like. All right, a couple more notes here. Dallas reportedly could use the franchise How would you tag with the Giants, Adam. I thought, yeah, I'm... You'd like it. You'd like it. I think I'd rather just roll the dice with Jones. I th- that seems oh, more I'd like much a, rather have Daniel Jones and Derek Carr. I think that's a Ron Rivera type of thing, or a, or a Carolina, one of those two or teams. My, my brother, my, the two Jets fans I know seem pretty convinced that Derek Carr is going to the Jets, so you, you, know, you heard it here first. I guess. Uh, New Orleans. He's got <laughs> his former coaches there. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, the, the according to Ian Rappaport, the Cowboys could franchise tag Tony Pollard. He's out three months with a broken leg. Saquon Barkley does not want to be franchise tagged. He and Daniel Jones are both free agents. Does that mean he wants out? No, Barkley does not want out. He wants to stay. He made that clear, but he does not want to be franchise tagged. But he said nobody wants to be franchise tagged. So, you know, he's like, nobody would want that. Uh, but he was right. pretty. I realistic. would guess ninety percent of the league would be pretty happy if they got a franchise you know, tag. Mm-hmm. I guess, <laughs> right? Yeah, nobody in Barkley's situation would want that's like ten million dollars for one year for a running back. Yeah, who wants that money? Yeah. Uh, tweet of the day from Steve Haddock. I thought this was really interesting. He is going total rebuild in his twelve-team dynasty superflex half PPR tight end premium league. He's going rebuild. He get, he traded Jamar Chase, Jalen Hurts, Ramondre Stevenson, and Mark Andrews. For five first round picks in 2023, including one and two, 101 and 102. So he changed Chase Hurts, Stevenson, and Andrews for five first round picks, including the top two. <laughs> what do you think about that in a Superflex Dynasty League? I hate it. <laughs> you hate it? I do. Why? What if he only had like three first round picks and he kept Jamar Chase? I still hate it. I mean, you're giving away. Top two overall player in Jamar Chase. That's fair. Yes, you're giving you're giving away. I, mean, I don't know where you have him ranked, Keith, but I assume Jalen Hurts is a top five quarterback. It, I'm just doing tiers today, and he is the other only guy in tier one with Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. And Jamie, this oh, is super well. flex. So between him and Chase, those are two top <laughs> oh, five players, probably. Right, that's two of the top so, five picks in your draft. And then it's tight end premium, right? <laughs> yup. And Mark Andrews has still got another three, four years of pretty excellent production, I would assume, unless it's a total rebuild in Baltimore. But you got to still like that. So the, that that's three of the five players. That, and plus, Ramondre Stevenson, if he's the guy in New England, that's two to three years of, of maybe top ten production. So you got to get back five home run superstar picks to replace the four potential home run superstar picks you're giving up, players you're giving up. I hate it. And you don't. That's the thing. When you do a rebuild, you don't have to tear the whole thing down. If Even if it's going to take you two to three years to be good again, you would still want to have Jamar Chase on your team then. <laughs> like just, just keep Jamar Chase. Put him I, on the bench if you want to lose. Right. But, but keep Jamar Chase. I, I would just think if you're, if, if you're doing giving away young star players like that, you don't just want to get back 2023 20, picks. Like you better get back two years worth of draft pick draft pick a draft pick hall that you're setting yourself up for. Okay. By three years, I'm the best team in the league. You might've had the best team in the league right now. It's just those four guys alone. Uh, all right. Yeah, I thought it was a funny, funny trade and good reaction. Good stuff. We'll take a break. One question for each eliminated team, Christian Kirk or Calvin Ridley next year, who we draft in first. We'll tell you when we come back on fantasy football today. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. The Jaguars, the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Bills have been eliminated. So we'll give you a question for each of those four teams. Let's start with the Jaguars. I teased it going into break. Dave, you can start. Christian Kirk or Calvin Ridley next season? Kirk will be 26 and Ridley 28. Uh, Assuming that Ridley is the same guy as when we last saw him, I would take him over Christian. That's that's, that's part of the... (laughs) So when do I have to decide this by? Right now? When you're drafting. Right. For for argument's sake, right now. I mean, yes, if you want to see... Obviously, we can see what happens, but that's why it's a tough question. Ridley's best year in 2020, he was averaging close to 20 PPR points per game. Year after that, he was right around 14 PPR points per game. That's where Kirk was this year. That was a career high for Kirk. I think they're both. I, they're they're going to be one and two in targets in Jacksonville. I will still take Ridley. I think he's the better receiver. Okay, Ridley. Uh, anybody voting for Christian Kirk here? I'll take Kirk right now, with the uh, understanding that I don't know what Calvin Ridley is going to look like. So, come training camp, that might change. But right now, I'll take Christian Kirk. Just yeah. remember, Ridley's not coming back from like a crazy injury or anything like that. He's also he not suspended. coming back from playing for a year and a half. You yeah, know, Deshaun so. Watson had no injury. Um. No, and he was with his team for a year for whatever that was worth, working on the um, practice squad. Yeah, but I think, think Ridley will be. <laughs> I don't think Ridley's going to come back and he's going to have a beer belly and forgot how to run routes or anything like that. I no, think but he might have a hamstring injury and then another. I mean, I I would probably like if I was betting on it, I'd definitely bet Kirk right now today. Um, if they're both being drafted in the same place, I'll probably take Ridley because I think he has more upside. I I think the should we. Maybe consider Michael Thomas. That's what I always figured people would do because Thomas missed about a year and a half due to injury. Right. And but he had injuries. Yeah, and he was you know he was okay. <laughs> Ridley just had parlays. He let's see what did he have? He had uh, 171 yards, only 57 yards per game, but he caught three touchdowns, 22 targets in the first three games of the season. You know it was it was. Surprisingly good. In fact, he's like a top 10 quarterback, uh, wide receiver per game this past year, Michael Thomas. Uh, Christian Kirk, in case you're curious, finished as the number 11 wide receiver in fantasy for the season. Per game, he was 19th in non-PPR, 20th in full PPR, and he was very matchup dependent. Almost all of his good games came against easy competition, and almost all of his bad games bad games came against tough competition. Um and I also think there's a chance that Doug Peterson, as good and creative as he is as a play caller with this many weapons, could turn this into a Kansas City situation where there's not going to be a, guy, a number one who's the number one this week and the number one next week and the number one next week. It could be a frustrating situation with all those guys. Kind of was well, like that, that this year. Yeah, we saw that during Lawrence's hot stretch. You know, it was Ingram for a couple of weeks. It was Kirk for a couple of weeks. It was A. Jones for a couple of weeks. I think a lot of it will depend on if Ingram comes back too, you know, because if you're taking that away – you know, and then what's the replacement option? You know, do they bring in another tight end of his caliber or or better? You know, or is a young tight end that they're going to build around? I would be very surprised at this point, just from talking to people who know that team, that they're going to let Ingram leave. Sounds like he's a candidate for the franchise tag as well. So we'll see what happens there. But um, you know, if all those guys are there. Then, like he said, it could be just great for the quarterback, but nobody that is a slam dunk week in week out starter, unless somebody stands out early enough. All right, uh, Christian Kirk, by the way, 28 targets, 14 in each game in the two postseason games. Uh, that's, that's a lot of targets. All right, let's uh, get it our feels, next It almost one. feels like, like it could be a Tampa Bay situation where Kirk is more like Godwin. You know, just be a, a lot of catches. Ridley, yeah. And Ridley's more like Evans, where he'll be the big play guy. Yeah, and let me just say for Christian Kirk, uh, his career, his last two years have been his best. He is meant for the slot. You know, his last two years he's been 
in the mm-hmm. slot a lot. The first three years of his career, not enough. He's playing behind Larry Fitzgerald. And I want to thank Jacob Gibbs for pointing that out in the preseason. He was very high on Christian Kirk because he thought the slot numbers you know, would translate, that they'd use him that way in Jacksonville, and he was right. Second question is for the Giants. What is Daniel Jones's upside? And as I mentioned earlier, he finished as, on a per-game basis, number eight in four-point per passing touchdown leagues, but number 14 in six-point per passing touchdown leagues. And when you want upside, you need big weeks. He had very few of them. Uh, points per game, he was just about even with Trevor Lawrence and Jared Goff. Lawrence and Goff both had six games during the regular season with more than 23 fantasy points. Daniel Jones had three. So he almost never had a big game. So what is Daniel Jones's upside? That's the question. Heath, first word. If the roster remains as it is, then I think it's pretty close to what you saw this year. I think this year is pretty close to a best-case scenario for the Giants um, based on their roster. If they go out and go get him an A.J. Brown, a Stephon Diggs, a, a something like that as a number one wide receiver, then I think his upside is in four-point per passing touchdown leagues, top six, and in six-point, probably top ten. Mm, Jamie. Yeah, I mean, I said it last week. You know, he's one of nine quarterbacks in NFL history with 3,000 passing yards and 700 rushing yards. You know, we 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 crave those things, you know, guys that are going to run the ball like this. And so I agree with Heath. I think, you know, this is a – this is a, and he did this, you know, again, to, to, to whatever extent. He did this with Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James and Darius Slayton. Now, two of those guys are free agents. So, you know, you'll, you'll see what happens there in terms of Slayton and, and James with what they decide to do. But Wondell Robinson at some point will be back. You know, hopefully what we saw from him and some flashes can add to that. But, yeah, they need to, you know, invest in their receiving core. Uh, you mentioned this, Adam, that the offensive line is, is certainly Trevor Dave. One of you guys, the offensive line, how it's trending in the right direction and hopefully will continue to get better, you know, in, in drafting Thomas and Neal in the last couple of seasons. So, you know, he's he's got clearly a great play caller behind him and supporting him. Um, sounds like they may lose, you know, one of their assistants if, if Kafka leaves. But uh, I think Brian Dable deserves a big part of that, you know, what he was able to, you know, do with Daniel Jones. Um, you always got to be a little bit leery about guys when they're in free agency years. You know, is, was, is this peak Daniel Jones or is this, you know, kind of where he's trending? But, you know, to Heath's point, I think I've been talking about off the air, you know, where he's been in his career versus one season. He clearly finally had a play caller that is going to bring out the best in him. And so I, I think you got to just give it. Uh, a little bit of a, a, an edge to the small sample size there. But, yeah, I, I think this offseason is going to be very telling. First, does he stay? Second, what do they do to support him? Is is their premier running back there too? Because, you know, that might put a little bit more on his plate if they don't have a guy of Barkley's you know, caliber and, and, and upside. So uh, I, I think he's very much, as I said before, you know, if you tell me right now, Tua's uncertainty, even with his great receiving core, versus Daniel Jones right now, I, I would give a slight lean to Daniel Jones because of his rushing upside. Over Tua, wow. Well, the fantasy dump, the fantasy production. Yes, I think there's there's a lot to like about a guy that's going to run Tislo. Yeah. Okay, Dave, you want to get in there? What's Daniel Jones's upside? Just, I agree with both guys. I think if they give him another talent to to work with, and if Wandale Robinson steps up and and manages to stay healthy, he's a good yards after catch slot receiver type. So they need somebody that can improve these numbers. He was 25th in yards per attempt. This is this year with Brian Dable. Tied for 21st in passing touchdowns with Marcus Mariota. That number needs to go up. His A dot was 6.4 yards. His deep pass rate was 5.9%. Both of those tied for 32nd among qualifying quarterbacks. He needs, he, he, I think if he has to do it alone, this year showed what he's capable of doing. And he was like right around QB 12. If he gets help, then yes, he can be better than that. He can be just inside the top 10 and certainly be worth taking before he'd be worth taking with more than one of your last three picks on draft day. I mean, really the only thing that changed that much in terms of the passing this year was the fact that he stopped turning the ball over. Yep. The the key to him being good this year is they let him run. He ran for as many yards this year as he had the last two combined almost. Um, But he wasn't, it's not like he made a big leap as a passer or was good as a passer. I think also, you know, just to, to tie in Trevor Lawrence too, you know, and, and this is something you talk a lot about, Adam, is rookie receivers, how the year goes on and they get better. These guys both had new play callers this year. And you saw, you know, some struggles early on, you know, mostly for Lawrence. But as as he picked up the system and got more comfortable in the system, as Daniel Jones got more comfortable in the system, and you started to say, okay, these these are my guys around me, you know, in Jones's case because of some of the injuries, Sterling Shepard going down and, you know, Mondale Robinson going down, the trading of Tony. You know, it, he looked the part. 
you know, and, and so forget about what how the how the game ended against the greatest team ever, according to you. Yeah, um, one of them. He he looked he looked <laughs> apart, and so you know that's the thing you got to buy into. Yes, some of the matchups he looked were apart against the Vikings. That, that's the concern I have, Jamie. That it was the Vikings twice and the Colts. Yeah, no, I I I, I get that. I, I certainly get that. But it's not like you know he he had he had a good game against Philadelphia the first time they met. He left the game. Terod Taylor ran for forty yards, you know, but he had one hundred sixty nine yards and two total touchdowns in that game. You know, he had a good uh, fantasy game. That that was a good fantasy game. Yeah, yeah, he didn't I'm, have a good I'm, game, I'm but, about fantasy value. but right, he, right, right, value, right, you know, right. But you know, you give him year two in the system, better weapons around him. Mm-hmm. He's got the chance. He's not going to be a superstar. I don't think that's you know his his range of outcomes. But he's got a chance to be in that where Matt Ryan has been, where Matthew Stafford has been. You know, guys that are you know Derek Carr has been. You know, you know whatever whatever slot you want to put him in. A guy that's going to be knocking on the door if things go really, really well for him, but never going to break through. I don't think he's ever going to do like that. And that's probably, you know, I'm, I'm probably giving a disservice to guys like Ryan and Stafford, but you know what I mean. You know, not going to be Cousins. the best of the best Cousins. in the league. Uh, Cousins. Yeah, that's great. A, great reliable yeah. fantasy starter. Re- reli- re- I'm just talking about reliable quarterback. You know, a chance to put up good fantasy numbers. Yeah. You know, he, he's going to do it a, a different way. But he's he's got a chance, I think, to be good for the Giants, really good for fantasy at times. And, you know, again, right, right supporting cast could help you win a fantasy league. He's got to follow the blueprint that Jalen Hurts has, okay? Because this was Hurts' second year with Sirianni. He got a big boost during the offseason with A.J. Brown, and then he went out and he was a monster for fantasy. It's exactly what Daniel Jones needs for his second year with Dable. Okay, let's uh, move on. But he's not going to be Jalen Hurts, though. No, no, that's not what we meant. I don't think he'll be as good as Jalen Hurts. It's just the type of offseason he needs. Um, yeah, the, the problem is look at the, the free agent wide receiver class is horrible. So it's going to have to be a trade or but you, you, someone you, gets you cut that, or though. they draft. Tyreek wasn't a free agent. Devontae Adams wasn't just a free just said it's going to have mm-hmm. to be a trade. That's what AJ said. Brown too. So they'll have to do that. But the free maybe it's digs after his blow up on the sideline. I mean, they're not going well, I mean, to the, be able to go out and get Kenny Galladay again. Okay. Let's no, just the, the, the thing <laughs> that you got to do is you got to do exactly what all those other teams did is look at the guys that are going into the final year of their rookie deals and who's. Who's in a bad spot? Like if I'm the Giants, I might call the Colts. Say is Michael Pittman available? You know those type of guys. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. Let's uh, let's go to our next question. I think actually, Schaefer, we have a Paramount Plus. We'll get a little. Let's uh, let's see what's coming up on Paramount Plus. New Sunday. My son works across town at Three Rock. Wait, isn't that a prison firefighting camp? Yeah, he's an inmate. Campfire's coming to you. You run into fires like a superhero. I didn't think that I was worthy of wearing a Cal Fire uniform. If you let me save your life, you'd be saving mine. Fire Country. Special episode Sunday after the AFC Championship game on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Dave, you get the first word on our next question here. Cowboys have been eliminated. How do you feel about Dak Prescott? I think he's still a top 12 fantasy quarterback and one of the guys that you'll settle for on draft day. Curious to see what their offseason moves are. I don't think that they should stay status quo. Uh, at running back, at wide receiver, tight end, Schultz is, was playing on the franchise tag this year. Do they tag him again or do they give one of their younger tight ends a chance to replace him? It's it's almost the same story with Dak. He'll, he'll run a little bit. He's good enough as a passer. He'll have some huge games. We saw that two games ago. And I'll have some duds. We saw that on Sunday. That's the type of quarterback that you should aim for when you end up whiffing on the top at least eight quarterbacks on draft day. He'll go in that same range as maybe Deshaun Watson and Daniel Jones and Tua and those guys back half of the draft. Mm, how do you feel about Jamie? Because Jamie's leaving. Got to go. Jamie's Bye. Awesome. <laughs> Bye, Jamie. <laughs> Jamie had to run. Uh, Heath? Uh, that description I, I don't think was completely unfair um i don't see any reason though that i would draft trevor lawrence over Dak this year oh i would um <laughs> i know you would <laughs> you're ready um, to go i would too but i think they'd be closer for me than they would be for you adam uh i think Dak would be something like 10 and lawrence would be six six, six. yeah i had him ahead of fields yikes well, we talked about this uh, last week. We did, we did, seven. and, and you, you have the right to that I opinion. Wasn't I, I'd still take Fields. I went Herbert five, uh, Lawrence six, Fields seven. I look the Fields is or sorry, so Lamar's Lawrence, behind them as well. Yes, 
Lawrence is an ascending player and a potential superstar. He w- he was ascending, and then he. Mm, I don't. I just look. Yeah, at, I don't judge him. By the I, I agree with what. J- I mean, I, I view him the same way Jamie does. I mean, I just think incredible talent getting better, and uh, this is when guys break out. You know, so Dak, I like, just has to throw more. Pass attempts were down this year. Safe kind of guy, not a huge rusher, but enough. I don't know. I, I can't see him do it repeating that season where he was the number two quarterback. He was number four per game. So I don't see as much upside with him, but safe, but nice, nice player. Nice player. Happy to have him. What about you, Heath? I think he's a he's a mid range QB one. Um, somewhere in that seven to ten range. Mm, yeah. Wait, wait a second. Um, Look at this comment. Forgot about that. How different is Trevor Lawrence's game if Christian Kirk catches that? Beautiful deep ball was a brilliant yeah. throw. Come on, Heath. Yeah, we Too should hard. go back and Too hard add on. all the dropped fantasy points that every quarterback had this year, and then we could get their true production. Too hard on him. On the Where way. do you have him ranked, Heath? Where do you have Dak ranked? Maybe 10. That's where I have him. 8, 9, 10, somewhere in there. Right, right in the same range as Lawrence. Yep. I've got Lawrence 8, Deshaun Watson 9, Dak 10. Lawrence Watson. But I've kind of always been the Dak guy, I think. So yeah. I'll stick with him. And I expect that he's going to have a better number two wide receiver um, going into next year than T.Y. Hilton. Or Michael Gallup this, or Noah Brown. This was yeah. the first – forget about receiver. I mean, Schultz was his number two receiver. Right. You know, forget yeah. about wide receiver. This was the first time in four years the Cowboys didn't have three receivers with 800 or more yards. They only had one. Dalton Schultz was the number two receiver on the team. He didn't even have 600 yards. Well, that's because their pass attempts cratered this year. Yeah. I had Dak uh, 12th, by the way, in my in my rankings from three weeks or four weeks ago. Heath, you have him 10th. Jamie, 11th. Dave, 10th. Chris, 9th. Who do I have ahead of him? I put Tua ahead of him and Kyler. I'll stand by that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I definitely don't think I'll have Kyler out of him. I'm not sure Kyler's no better way. than him when they're both 100. percent And I don't know that we'll see Kyler the first month of the season. Yeah, I don't think I knew at that point that Kyler wouldn't be ready for Week One. So, I don't think anyway. Let's go with that. Um, next question it's for Buffalo: More excited about James Cook or Gabe Davis in 2023? It's gonna be greatly dependent on what the Bills do at those two positions. Um, but if there's no Devin Singletary and like, I just don't think that's a question we can really answer, but I do think like hearing you guys talk about Gabe Davis earlier, I'm probably going to turn into the Gabe Davis guy this year. Um, me, what didn't I already turn into the Gabe Davis guy? Um, well, yours was a little like, nobody's going to buy that. (laughs) I do. (laughs) And, but yes, like just the clean look at Gabe Davis before Josh Allen got hurt, he was better. How about Cook going ahead of Davis in both of our early drafts so far this January? That's interesting. In our half PPR, Cook went in round six. So we're drafting him as one of those breakout type of running backs. Gabe Davis went in round seven. In the full PPR version, Gabe went in round eight and James Cook went in round seven. So a round ahead, Questions. Cook over over Gabe. Question so far. Even if they don't bring back Devin Singletary, are the Bills going to actually allow a fantasy a running back to be good for fantasy? <laughs> right. So like that's almost the first question: is how how are they going to react to the end of this season? Do they really th- do? Do you really think that if they were able to run the ball better against Cincinnati, they would have won that game? No, they weren't going to win that think game. So. That way, I really don't yeah. think so. So they they may continue to view the running back as more of like a complementary piece to their overall offense. So it almost doesn't matter who their running back is. The fact that there's going to be multiple guys in that role just makes it even worse. So taking James Cook around ahead of Gabe Davis might not make sense, especially when we're talking about round six, when we know that James Cook might not ever be, you know, 225 touches eight total touchdowns. He's fun to watch. You know, he's, he's an exciting player, but the offense just does not seem to want to give a lot of work 
to one running back, certainly over the balance of four months of the regular season. James Cook advanced metrics out of 52 running backs with 80 or more carries. He was 17th in rush EPA. Remember, 52 running backs here. 17th in rush EPA. Cook was 15th in success rate. He was second in yards per carry, first in yards before contact per run, 23rd in yards after contact per run, 17th in percentage of carries for five or more yards, third best in percentage of carries for 12 or more yards, and 18th in avoid rate. And to compare him to Devin Singletary, who's a good running back. He's, in, he's a very underrated player. He's been had a nice career. Uh, James Cook was better in every single one of those metrics except for one, success rate. And I don't even know how that's calculated. Um, and uh, so, We kind of do. It's, it's, a, it's a little, it's complicated. <laughs> okay, I knew that. Uh, but anyway, you know, he, behind the same offensive line, same situation as a good running back, Devin Singletary. He was better in almost every single measure. Um, didn't catch a ton of passes, but was brought in to do that. We know he can do that. He's an exciting player. I think people will be excited about him. Yep. Can the Bills give you a sustained must-start running back? I don't know. Um, but, yeah, a good, really good rookie season for, for James Cook. I don't know if there's anything else to say, guys. Probably not. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about it later this week. I'm sure we will. To say. We're going to do our top five, six, top six wide receivers. Which might be consensus, actually. Should we go a little deeper? <laughs> Maybe the next six wide receivers. Uh, top six wide receivers and then top six tight ends and uh, some DFS advice. How'd you do in DFS, Dave? Uh, usual. Yeah. Won some, lost some. My playoff challenge team is busted. I went all in on the Bills. And so now I got to replace those guys. I got you no know, chance of winning. I should have called out Jamie while he was here. Because what was his Super Bowl pick? Wasn't it Bills Eagles or Bills something Niners? Mine was Bills Eagles. I don't remember what his was. I think his was no, his was cheap. I whatever. It wasn't Bengals. I went with a with Bengals Niners. All Bengals and all Niners in my playoff challenge. It wasn't my Super Bowl pick, but all Bengals, all Niners in my playoff challenge lineup. And so did Jamie. And he's got more points than me. So his Bengals and Niners are a little bit better than mine so far. And I'm a little upset about that. So I should have, because I think it's it's not true to what he predicted. So that's my beef with Jamie. Okay, that was his hedge. Is this, uh, Schaefer, is this real? Is this what you sent me? It's just a report right now, but. <laughs> what the, New York, the New York Post is reporting that Jeff Bezos is going to sell the Washington Post to buy the Washington Commanders. That's interesting. I'm surprised those two are of comparable value. Which one would you think would be worth more? I think the Commanders. I would think the Commanders is worth more than the Post. Although I don't know all the other like parts of the Washington Post are included. Like it's a media group, right? It's not just the newspaper and their digital site. There's got to be more to the Okay, post he than he that. bought the Washington Post 10 years ago. For two hundred and fifty million dollars, so it's definitely not worth what the Commanders are going to fetch. They don't, that doesn't increase in value the way that sports teams do. <laughs> I, there's it, if, even if it, that's a that's a pretty big leap from two thousand thirteen to get into like I mean, the five they've got a lot of range. subscribers. They do a good job. <laughs> oh, um, all right, uh, that's it for today's show. Yeah. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. 